Praise the Lord. It is Palm Sunday. Wow. It's here already. It, the, the year has gone fast. I can't believe it's Palm Sunday. I can't believe next Sunday is going to be Easter. So exciting things in the kingdom of God happening, as always. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We uh, worship you, Heavenly Father. We worship your holy name. You are worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship, and all those wonderful and beloved things. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad I'm here today. Amen. It is so good to see everybody. Good to see you, Brenda. Good to see you, every single one of you, all of you. Aren't you glad you're included in the kingdom of God? If you have ever been someplace where you have felt uh, not included, uh, and honestly, if every one of us was truly honest, we can all say that. Have you ever felt that you were not included, Dustin? Have you ever, honey, have you ever felt? Oh, stop that stuff. <laughs> He's being a mess. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. And uh, if you don't know that song, sometime look it up. It's good to be included. Uh, if we have hurts, if we have ailments, if we have issues, no matter what, no matter what, I'm included. I'm included. I get to be there. I am part of the family. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not leave me out. Thank you, Jesus, that because of you and who you are, I'm one of yours. You include me, Jesus. I could say if nobody else does, you do, Jesus. But Lord, I'm you're the everything. You're the all. And so I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. If you need that inclusion, if you need to feel a part of something, this is the place to be, a part of the family of God. It's a wonderful place to be. Nobody will love you like Jesus. Nobody. Nobody will include you like Jesus, and I am so ever grateful. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. <coughs> oh, Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you. We adore you. There are those out there that are not included, that don't feel it. But Jesus, you include them. You extend your hand. You reach out your hand for them to reach back. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, those of us listening that just want to feel included and a part of the family of God, oh, we just pray that all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm here. I'm sorry for all of it. Come into my heart. And guess what? You're included. You're now included. We praise you, Jesus, for it. We bless you. I thank you, Jesus, that you include me. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. Thank you, Lord, that you include others that are all about you. Amen. Amen. 
Uh, Cynthia mentioned about uh, God's love. And I had this brought to my attention once, and I want to pass it on to you. It, whether you're trusting for physical healing or a need in your life or your family, start praying for God to reveal his love to you. Ask God to reveal, give you a revelation of how much he loves you. Because whether you think about it or not, if you know how much God loves you, your faith's going to elevate your belief for healing and what God wants to do with you becomes more clear because he loves us that much. He loves you unconditionally. He's not mad at you, as I've mentioned. And so I want to encourage you to do that. If that has, is that something you have not concentrated on? I'm trying to do that more on God revealed to me. <laughs> you ask somebody, what do you think of me? Ask God what he thinks of you. <clears throat> He'll encourage you a lot. Uh, we are on part six on paying it forward. I'm John Sandy, my wife Cynthia. This is the Pulse in Gassaway, West Virginia. Wherever you're listening in the service, live or on d delay, we're glad to have you with us. As I always say, you're right on time. Sometimes I'll open up with a notable nugget, a notable quotable, and today I'm going to open up with a no notable nugget. Notable nugget is just a little bit of information kind of a sidebar to what we're discussing today, but something I wanted to introduce to everybody and just go for a second. I'm going to tie this little notable nugget, it's time to shine. From the Wall Street Journal, there was a recent survey that's out, some of you may have seen it, and it has to do with the values we have today in America. And it was quite alarming, and I wanted to share them with you. Concerning patriotism, being a patriot, a lover of your country, honoring the flag, and believing in this country, dropped to 38% down from 70 in America. 38%. Their feelings and concern for the need of religion in America decreased by 23%. I believe it's now in the 30s and the uh, late 90s. I believe it was in uh, the 60s. <clears throat> it's dropped about a half. The importance of having children dropped from 59% in 1998 to now 30%. Number four, <clears throat> money as a top priority, has increased to 43% up from 31. Wow. We are in a, I hate to use the word crisis, but our country's in a crisis spiritually. And everything's tied to that. I don't know if you've not, never ever thought of this, but when sin takes hold of a community, even the very physical infrastructure starts to collapse. It is directly tied together. It's just like homeless people. You put them in a nice hotel, they defecate on the bed. Now, some of this is due to mental illness. We need a, a great attention, for, need, a, need a great attention to that. And some of it is simply a way of living. They, there are actually people that are homeless that they have chosen that way. 
<clears throat> they would rather live that way. So we're looking at a nation that's going in the wrong direction, aren't we? <clears throat> I thought some of the keys were, <clears throat> excuse me, a decrease in a desire to have children. I thought that was huge, that drop from 59 to 30 since 1998. And, of course, the love of money. Oh, did I say that? Not having money, but the love of it. And you can tell this statistic has to do with the love of money, not out of need. Okay? <clears throat> In our topic on paying it forward, you can't give something you don't have. You can't go to the restaurant and pay forward someone's bill or take care of that if you don't have the money. God's not afraid of you having money. It's the love of it, like the rich young ruler, right in the Bible. <clears throat> God, I said this to John this morning, with every blessing, there's a sacrifice. Let me say that again. With every blessing, there is a sacrifice. James Astro said to me some time ago at my house, we were going down the steps, he said, John, he said, if you preach prosperity without the cross, it is very dangerous. God, <clears throat> there's a lot of debate about whether God wants to prosper us or not. The Bible says if you have two coats, give one away. You have to have more than you need to do that. <clears throat> God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. I'd like to see you blessed just for the sake of being blessed. <clears throat> so I know my God wants you to be blessed, but he doesn't want to destroy you. So if we're going to pay something forward, we first have to have something. How do you have something? You sacrifice. I've been asking God to show me <clears throat> how to go to that next level. My wife and I tithe, and we try to round that up. I love what we heard this morning from a wonderful minister coming up in the car with John and Christy. <clears throat> he said, 10% is the bottom of giving. I love that. 10% that God asks us for, <clears throat> and tenth means, uh, a tithe means tenth. That's the very bottom that what we strive for. 7% of people tithe in the church. <clears throat> First of all, the government wastes the money they take from us. They take too much, and they waste it. We give too little and lose our blessing. See, God wants to bless us. This is not a sermon about tithing at all. <clears throat> but it has to be tied in because if you're going to bless forward, if you're going to pay forward, don't you have to have something in your pocket? How do you do that? You learn how to give a minimum of the 10%. Now, I'm not talking about blessings first. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about sacrifice yet. This is his money. I love to look at all. It's all his as far as I'm concerned. Everything I have is his. So then we reach, the, we do the 10%. Then we do the offerings. I told John Fowler this morning, there are four types of giving in the Bible. One of those is laid clearly out for you. And that is tithing. It tells you how much and where to put it. No question, do not, as I mentioned last week, put an asterisk here. Do not take your tithe money and bless someone with it. 
Do not take your tithe money and call it a seed. Don't do that. So you take your tithe, you've tithed, now you're rounding it up. So my wife and I are trying to increase our giving, and we're rounding up our tithe, and, and we plant seeds uh, where we believe it's good soil. See, a storehouse is a place you, you can fill up. The storehouse is designed to fill up. That's what it's there for. It's there to hold something as it's needed. You want to fill that up. The storehouse in this church should be full to overflowing. Uh, I like to say in Malachi 3.10 where it says, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There's the part you give away. That just, that just tells you if it's running, you need to give it away. You need to give away. Every time you plant a seed, be prepared to give it away. Not, not, I mean, you, God wants you to use some of it. I'm not saying that, folks. But God wants you to give some of that away. In fact, my belief and my goal for me, it's only personal, uh, is I want to give more and more and more. As the seed is planted, just an example, say I, I, I plant a seed of $100, and I get $500. Well, I may want to give 150 next time. I get a thousand. I may want to give 350 next time. See what I'm saying? That keeps your heart in check. It will definitely do that. When you realize that your main goal to receive is to bless. Now, there's a lot of controversy about giving. I really didn't mean to get quite into this, but it does tie into paying it forward because we need to get ourselves in a position to, to receive so we can give again. There are people that really struggle with the concept of prosperity. Let me just give you this. In Malachi 3.10, what does it say? Malachi, what? <laughs> you got ahead of me there. There's two things that, that stick out in that if you struggle with prosperity. First of all, he says, bring your tithe into the storehouse. Okay, great. That's what I'm supposed to do. He's already told you right there. This is what I'm going to do to bless you if you do it. You cannot give without expecting to receive. You can't give without being prosperous. You cannot do it. Now, do we want to give for the wrong reason? Absolutely not. That's why we give it away when we get it, at least a portion of it, and hopefully more and more. That keeps our heart in check so that we are giving for the right reason. You've heard the term, if you have a need, plant a seed. Well, what's the second thing that the, it says in there that I will bless you? Dustin just said it. He, he said, <clears throat> if this isn't enough, he said, okay, now test me. Now, he's serious. He's saying, this is what I'm going to do if you're bringing it. First, he tells you what to do. Obey God. Number one, obey God. If you look at the circumstances, the consequences ahead of time, then you will pull back on doing God's will. If we would simply do God's will, say, well, if I do God's will, I'll miss this. One guy was going to start giving when they found out the ministry that he was under. The father says, if you do that, that's a cult. If you, and it wasn't. It's just that they don't know much about the kingdom of God and giving. He said, if you do that, I'm going to take away your inheritance, and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. His fiancée said, I'll leave you. <clears throat> so he asked the pastor, what do I do? 
He said, well, I'm still stuck on God telling you to do something. You just told me God said do this. Now you're telling me the consequences, what to do. He said, I'm still stuck on the fact that you told me God told you to do this. See the bottom line? We need to obey God. If you obey God, you will pass the test. <laughs> Let me say that again. If you obey God, you will pass the test. He said, test me. But the test is really for us too, isn't it? In his testing, he said, test me so I can test you. Will you do it? Will you obey me? Folks, obey God. There's my message right there. Obey God. Dustin had opportunities to go different places to preach, and it wasn't right. He was waiting for what God wanted. God's going to bless him. I'm telling you right now, God is going to bless this man. He's, a, he's already a blessing to us, so why wouldn't I want him to be blessed? Folks, this isn't about us. Even when you plant seeds and get blessed, it's still not about you. It's still about, does money have you or do you have it? But oh, when you're free and you're obeying God, Jesus, I don't know how you're going to work. So I've been praying, Lord, teach us about sacrificial giving. Boy, that's the next level. The 10% is just bottom line, folks. If we're not doing 10%, we're not even starting. In fact, what does it say, Dustin, in there if we don't tithe? We rob God. And I love what one minister said this morning. What you're robbing him of is the opportunity to bless you. Isn't that good? Isn't that great, Christy? That's, we listened to an awesome message this morning coming up that's just kind of got me going in this direction. But it's all still tied together to paying it forward. Because when you're obeying God, he's going to provide you every need, Right? And if he provides you over every need, then he, as a, as a daddy, he wants to bless you. Do you know that God's given me desires of my heart that doesn't seem to be related to my calling, but I made sure they didn't go against my calling? Don't ever ask God for something that goes against what you're called to do. Example, God told me to go to this town and start a church or whatever. <clears throat> Boy, I'd love to be over here at the Sun shines over there. It's so nice. Jesus, can I move down there? Whoa, 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 whoa. He just said, I want you right here. So don't pray for anything that goes against what God's doing. Now, he may bring it later because you're faithful. Because of what? You did God's will. Folks, when you do God's will, ever, listen to me. When you do God's will and not your own, didn't he say take up your cross? You know why he told you to wear a cross? To keep you balanced. You'll go too far off the edge if you don't have that weight on your shoulder keeping you balanced. God is on your side. Everything he asks you to do is for your benefit, to help you, to encourage you, to get you to the very best. That is God's goal for you, to get you to the best in everything he asks you to do. If he asks you to get something away and it's the only one you have, are you going to trust him to believe he's going to bring it back some other way? We've got to learn to trust him in everything. Do his will, not our own. It's like this. Here's how you walk with God. Okay, God, what, what's next? You walk with him, not ahead of him. Not behind him. You walk with him. 
that means you're one. You're doing the same thing. You look like him. You walk like him. You sound like him. And before you know it, those seeds that you're planting and you being salt cause people to say, hey, I really like being around you. They don't know yet it's Jesus. They don't get that yet. But that's what they're drawn to. If people don't like you and they stay away from you, then you're acting like the devil and that's your father. The Bible says it. I didn't say it. You have, you have a choice. Pick your family. I could do a sermon on that. <clears throat> Pick your family. Is the devil your father or is um, God your father? Well, I don't believe in either. Well, then you're the devil's because he owns the fence. You will walk with God or you will not. You will do his will or you will not. I'm challenging everybody listening out there on the, the social media, live or on delay, and right here in this very room. I'm challenging you. Do you want to do God's will? Let's start at the beginning. Start doing your 10%. Start moving it up. Start giving the other three ways. <clears throat> and watch what God does. Listen. How can he not prosper you when he gives you a challenge like, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And then, besides that, he clears his voice and he goes, test me. How do you not believe that God wants to prosper you? When he tells you, if you obey me, this is what I'm going to do. We talked last week in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. How Paul talked about how we need to bring down strongholds. Do you remember that? We talked about bringing down strongholds. strongholds. And then after that, we went into another area, and I tied them, tied them together, if you guys remember. Imaginations. He said, cast down imaginations. Strongholds. <clears throat> now, keep in the mind the word casting down, imaginations. And every high thing. Folks. We operate, as I mentioned last week, forgive me for reviewing, but just to tie it in, you and I are to operate in the spiritual realm. We live in the physical, but we don't operate in the physical in the same way as far as decisions. Yeah, we eat, drink, we breathe, everything physical. But God's goal is for you and I to operate, I don't like the word operate, in the spirit. That's why Paul said, pulling down, and next it says, high things that exalt itself above us. Because these are referring to spiritual things. You and I, the devil operates in the spiritual realm. He is a big, fat, hairy zero with a rim knocked off. He has absolutely nothing on you. <clears throat> he can't push you off a cliff. He can't make you do something. He can't take something from you. He can't put something on you. When you're under the blood, he has to have permission. And it may be subtle. It's not like, okay, devil, I want your will today. No, I don't mean that. It's when you let fear in, doubt, as the man that needed his son healed said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We begin to let in bad seed. <clears throat> Before you know it, we still believe, but not quite like we used to. And after that, we start to change our beliefs altogether. <clears throat> and before that, we change other things. Now, folks, sin is sin. <clears throat> sin is sin. I don't care what it is. If you have an ought with someone, clear it up. If you're jealous, if you have wrong thoughts, 
Whatever it is, sin is sin, correct? But there's a reason why the Bible specifically brings out about, and I'm not here to get on anything, just hear me out, why he specifically mentions homosexuality. Homosexual not enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is he specific about that? Because the devil knows if he can destroy the nuclear family, he's got the church. Because what is the church? A healthy family. If he can destroy that, if he can get children preteen to actually think their sex is wrong and all these other things, he can destroy the nuclear family. Now here, I want you to hear this. Homosexuality is the last step before abomination. Because you have turned yourself over completely. The Bible talks about how we blaspheme and how we do this and that. It's in the Word, folks. We need to be careful with what we say. And I'm not saying everybody around the corner is all of a sudden blasphemed. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, you can get to a place in your walk with God where you cross a line. It's It's not good. How do you cross a line? How did Jeffrey Dahmer end up doing what he did to human bodies? It wasn't overnight. It was progressive sin. One decision after another after another until, folks, don't brag on yourself because you say you're not a Jeffrey Dahmer. If you you take the wrong path, you'll go exactly where he's gone. Abomination. And I, I believe he got saved. I believe I heard he got saved. Isn't it awesome that we serve a God that forgives us? Man, I don't know about you guys. I would have no hope through his blood, right? Through his blood. So abominations, pulling down strongholds, things that exalt themselves above you. There's two sides to that. There's the side where we need to see inside before we can see on the outside. You need to have good imaginations. So the idea of casting down strongholds and taking control of imagination, like the Tower of Babel we mentioned, just keep in mind, there are, it works both ways. Whatever you think upon, whatever your treasure is, there, there's your heart. How do you know what your treasure is? Well, what do you put before other things? What is most important to you? There are people that will put themselves before even their children. And God is getting, trying to get us where we have Him first all the time. That's our goal, is to get to where God is first. Do God's will. If you don't know how, find, start with small things. How do you start? Open the Bible and find out what he's already told us to do. He's already given us many instructions already. And sometimes we're seeking, oh God, what's my calling? Where do you want me to be? Go to the Bible and see if you're doing that first. Get your heart right. Get your life stable. Get yourself on a rock and not sinking sand. Because the flesh is, uh, is sinking sand. Take every thought captive. Every thought. Not all, not most, but all. Folks, that means good and bad. Take every thought captive. 
Now, why is this important on paying it forward? Because you have to put on the mind of Christ to know what he's thinking. Did you get that? You have to put on the mind of Christ to know what he's thinking. People say, well, I just don't believe. Well, you know what? That has about as much weight as anything else when it comes to opinion. <clears throat> Your opinion and my opinion don't mount to a hill of beans. Well, you and I believe, I have people tell me, you do too, I'm sure, <clears throat> well, I've studied the science and I've got the facts and God was just a good person. He's not dead. Well, whoop-de-doo. What you and I think isn't going to move anything. But oh, if we have the mind of Christ, if we concentrate on Him and we think what He thinks, isn't that an awesome thought? <clears throat> we can think what Jesus thinks. We can see what Jesus sees because He's called us <clears throat> to walk like Him. So it's very important in paying it forward that we first settle some issues with our Savior. You need to make sure that everything you know, see, you're only, the Bible says you're unaccountable for what you know. <clears throat> everything you know. Now, playing ignorance isn't going to get you off the hook either when the, when the truth is right in front of you. Folks, we got churches on every street corner. <clears throat> we got Bibles printed all over this nation. Online, you can get all kinds of wonderful teachings like our church offers, we don't have excuses. We're not going to be able to play ignorant in this country. <clears throat> One thing in regard to the notable nugget I shared about the way our country is going, I want you to be encouraged. You obey God, even if you're a minority. You obey God. This United States, as corrupt as it's getting, is still the greatest missionary country in the world by far. I believe about 85% of what the world gives comes out of this country. We are by far the most giving country in the world. Great man of God, they wrote Torture for Christ and Jesus of the Communist World, Richard Warmbrandt, who suffered so severely that when we heard him speak, he couldn't keep his shoes on very long because of the beatings. He was in a three-by-three-foot cell, cell for, I think, three years. Three-by-three-foot cell. And one day he asked God to reveal his angel to him. And in that little room, his angel appeared. I want to shout. Did that get you excited? That's awesome. Folks, this is awesome stuff. We are, we are serving a little God. Do not let the word world convince you otherwise because they will try to. Even if they can dilute your faith just enough. Now listen to what I'm going to say here. If the devil can dilute your faith just enough to allow a little unbelief in, he's got you. Do you hear what I just said? You've got to keep your mind on the good things of Christ. My wife and I would try to do that. We have Daystar on a lot. I listen to the messages when I run. I, I listen to them. I, I study. I do this. I, I, I teach twice a week. I've got to keep my mind stayed on him. Otherwise, I will listen to something that will put a little fear in me, and then that fear turns into doubt. And now I have doubt mixed with my faith, and now I have an inconsistent faith. I, I'm like the wind that blows. So it's so important, isn't it? 
We need to have a clear heart. We must take every thought captive <clears throat> and begin to see on the inside with a clear heart in order to walk out and receive all that God has for us. To receive from God, we must have a pure heart. Oh, Lord, I, I, can, I don't know how to do that. I can't get that. Start. You'll be amazed how encouraged your life will be if you just simply start. I use Todd as an example. You start giving 10% on a consistent level, and all of a sudden, you're going to have more hope. Because you just did God's will, would you not have more hope? Then you start giving more and giving more. Now, let's talk about it in another concept. You can give of your time, like I've talked about. Again, just the other day, I was out running, and I ended up talking to someone. I, we just sold our property, and I sold to a gentleman in another state. We're just now getting to know each other a little bit because he's asked me to stick around to help manage the property. And so what do I do? I see an opportunity to witness. So we, I would texting things and say, I'm praying for the success of your part. And there was one situation we were praying for an answer that would not cause him to have to go to court and cost him a lot of money. And, and, and we got our answer. And I told him in a text, just yesterday I was praying again for God to help you in this area to save you the money. I don't think he's a believer. To save you the money so that you would have to go to court and all this stuff. His response Thank you for praying for me. That's pretty good stuff, folks. He said, thank you for praying for me with praying hands. Folks, you don't have to go seeking after what you're called to do or be. Just obey the Word of God and trust Him day by day and surrender your life to Him, and He'll show you how to do it. He's a good God. He'll start small with you with little things and help you to build to where you're all at the point where now my wife and I was praying, Lord, teach us how to give sacrificially. Because that's really, that's, that's, the, that's another level of giving. Like I said, we heard today, and it was so good, 10% is just the bottom of a bang. <laughs> that's just the beginning. Oh, you're just getting started. Do you think sometimes like this, or do you know someone that thinks like this sometimes? What can I do to get to heaven and still live in this world the way I want? You ever met anybody like that? I've done that. I, in my past. Have you, or do you know someone that you think, how can I ink into heaven? Just kind of, how can I just slide in and not really give a lot or do a lot? Yeah. We're not, we're called to give ourselves completely to him. That's why I say consider all the money you have is his. So that he can, God will multiply it for you, folks. He's better than the stock market. <laughs> He's better than a CD. You obey him. You watch what he does. You know why? Because he can trust you. He can trust you with it. 1 Peter 2.24, we all know this one. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Now, as folks, it says in his body. When the Bible talks about how he was hardly recognizable as a man, methinks, that every disease manifested on his body. He took everything on his body. Do you, sin, do you think sin's not ugly? Have you ever met someone that's ugly on the outside? I'm talking about because of their heart. 
Have you ever seen the hardness on a person's face from their lifestyle? Yeah. Uh, drugs, what drugs will do to people, worry, stress, rejection, everything. We become hard and we go inward in ourselves. <clears throat> God wants to set you free. <clears throat> How do you do that? By taking it all on himself, on his own body, on the tree. That we, have, that we having died to sins, <clears throat> might live for righteousness. Do you see the trade-off? If you die to sins, then you receive righteousness. You are an inheritor. See, an inheritance isn't something you earn. It's something you get by being part of a family or have some connection. You have a great inheritance. You and I cannot even comprehend what God's got for us in heaven. I had someone ask me today, do, people, do Christians serve God <clears throat> simply to miss hell and simply to, to be healed in their body? <clears throat> These are the benefits of walking with God. I like what Pastor Wright said once, James Wright. He said, even if you didn't believe in heaven, he said, you'd be better off to live a good moral life. You'd live a better life. <clears throat> But God, healing is in his wing, and as in Psalm 91, he talks about how he wants to hide us in his wing, his healing wings. Having died to sins that might live, uh, having died to sins might live for righteousness. No, it was righteousness for sins. Good trade. By whose stripes you were healed. The word were means that Jesus has already done it. In other words, he's already paid forward what you need. If, you, if he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, then he knows what you're called to do and your purpose. God has put his DNA on you, in you. You have God's DNA. <clears throat> Jesus when you get saved, sends you the Holy Spirit. I heard Jesse the planet talk about his trip to heaven. He went to heaven once. <clears throat> he said, I asked the dumbest question you could ever ask in heaven. <laughs> he, had Jesus, he saw Jesus and God, and he said, where's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and Jesus said, he's, he's on earth. <laughs> he said, that's the dumbest thing I could have ever asked. But he is. The Holy Spirit's right here, folks. He's in this room. He's in those of you that believe. And he wants to operate now. <clears throat> See, Jesus didn't die for a group. He died for one at a time. He died for you and you. He died. That's how special you are. He formed you for a task. <clears throat> he formed you to receive everything he has done for you so that now you can go into the world as a light and do the same there. <clears throat> no matter how dark the room is, you know a little flame takes over the whole room. Just a little flame. <clears throat> the devil can't do a single thing without you giving him permission. He shed his blood so that we may have salvation, <clears throat> so that we would have something to pay for it. 
Folks, we can do, listen, you can do good moral acts. You can do things for people. And I believe God will bless it. I just believe in reciprocity. When you give of yourself and unselfishly to help others. <clears throat> but folks, that giving has its limits. God wants you to bless that will create. See, everything God does is eternal. Anything God does through you is eternal. I don't care how small the act is. It has eternity written in it. And it's connected to other things <clears throat> that go on forever and ever. So it's one thing to be a good moral person. That's wonderful. But do it when you start doing God's will and let him be the one that blesses instead of just you doing it in the flesh. Now you've really changed lives. <clears throat> now you've offered people something that they cannot get on this earth or through simple blessings. I speak over my health all the time, and I claim my health the age of 85 to be better than 45. I claim that. Now, how can I do that? Because the Word tells us in Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. Oh, here we go again. Do God's will. Now, to delight yourself in the Lord, that means he's pleased. I don't know about you, but I love the thought of doing something to think that I may have put a smile on Jesus' face. When Stephen was stoned, what did Jesus do? He stood up. Now, folks, you think about that for just a moment. What did Jesus say? He said, I sit at the right hand of the Father and he's seating for you. How important was what Stephen did that Jesus would get up from his assignment and walk over and look down. I want him to do that with me. Do you? Do you want to do something that's so awesome in God's eyes that he stops and says, Dad, I'll be right back. i got to see this. The Bible says they're cheering us on. I just think that every time we obey God, something happens in heaven. I do. Something just happened. You know the old story of it's a wonderful life. I believe the little girl said every time a bell rings, an angel got his wings. I believe something happens in heaven when you obey God because it's exactly the opposite of this world and the Satan's kingdom. And when you go against that, and you say, I'm going to do God's will no matter what. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care about the sacrifice. I don't care what it means in this body. And that's exactly what Stephen did. He completely gave everything to Jesus and laid down his life right there. And you know you can lay down your life without dying. But he physically laid down his life, and that got his attention. I want to get Jesus' attention in heaven. I want something to happen when I obey God in heaven. Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege of sharing of how important it is that we do your will and not our own to shake up things on this earth. We may be a minority. We may be a minority, but oh, We've got mountains to move, and there are mountains to move. And when I move a mountain, someone behind me, Jesus, is going to have a free path right there. 
And maybe they won't go through things that I went through because I showed them the light so they can make the right decision and avoid it altogether. We bless you, Father. We praise you. We lift your name above every name. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. Amen. Chick-fil-A decided not to open on Sundays. They're the number one fast food chain in the world. You will, oh, you will never outgive him. You'll never even catch up with his blessings. You just have to continue them in heaven where you store up your treasures. Thank you.